Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of the message is, That's What Happens When You Pray. That's what happens when you pray. I've got four major points, and I'm going to slip in some sub-points in there, but my four major points are this. When you pray, you receive grace and mercy. That's point number one. Point number two, when you pray, God begins to protect you at a level that people who don't pray do not experience. When you pray, you receive grace and mercy. You receive protection. That's number two. Number three is you begin to experience a sense of intimacy with the creator of the world. Now, this is new. This is new for me over the past maybe three years. I begin to understand that there is no end to God. Wrap your head around this. The furthest star, the furthest star, as far as it is, every single galaxy. I read that there's over 100 million counted galaxies. Forget the ones that we haven't counted. All of those galaxies are not outside of God. If I'm God, it's not like there's a, a galaxy over there like those drums. Everything that exists, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 he was before all things, and all things are held together within him. There is no end to God. And this being sits down and has intimacy, a personal relationship with you. That's point number three. Point number four is when you pray, you experience a supernatural power that moves through your life. So I'm going to unpack all of those, and we'll start off, obviously, with number one. When you pray, you experience grace and mercy. Where is that coming from? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. Come boldly. A lot of people pray, and they got their head down, and they're in shame. That's not what the Bible wants you to do. He wants you to come boldly before the throne of grace, and the Bible says this, so that you may receive grace and mercy during your time of need. Now, what's the difference between mercy and grace? Mercy says, as soon as you came to me, the moment you opened your mouth, the moment you put your mind's attention and your heart's affection on me, mercy began to flow from God to you. It, it's the, everybody we know. When we make a mistake, we say something we shouldn't say, they, we worry that they are going to make us pay. You know, like stop talking to us for like 17 days. Uh, or they're going to make us pay. God does not do that. It's not like human beings that says, you've done the same thing 24 times. How many times are you going to say, I'm sorry, before you stop? That's not how God thinks. He does not think like that. Please hear that. He does not think like that. The moment your mind's attention goes towards him, mercy begins to flow in your direction. Now, what's the difference between mercy and grace? For all of us, 
and says, God, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be addicted to this anymore. I don't want to talk to people like this anymore. I know it's wrong. I, I don't want to have these addictions and these worries. and the, it, I don't want to act like a fool. I don't want to act like a person who doesn't love you because I do love you. But I can't stop. That's when grace kicks in. See, mercy says, I forgive you for what you've just done. But you do not have the power. You do not have the self-discipline to be able to stop doing what you're addicted to doing. We, sometimes we say things before we thought it. We did it before we thought it. Like when I wake up in the middle of the night to go make sure there's food in the house. I honestly walk to the cupboard with my eyes half closed and I'm eating and I'm not even thinking about how much I'm eating. It's just going. My body is doing it. And, and back here, I have this one that should you be eating all this right now? And it just, and I wake up the next morning. I'm like, Frankie, you keep telling yourself that you're not going to eat at 2.30 in the morning. Stop eating at 2.30 in the morning. I'm going to tell you, that is a battle that's too big for me. There are certain battles that are just too big. Now, naturally, I'm being comical, and I'm only sharing a battle that is at a certain level of transparency. I'm not being too transparent. That would, that's too much. We don't know each other like that. <laughs> but let me tell you this. My wife said, Frankie, I know God loves you, but I feel like he forgives you a lot. <laughs> like... Only my wife would know me so well to be able to say that. Only grace can help us have the strength to stop. Um, I don't talk about this a lot, but many of you guys know this. Uh, our service is broadcast on TBN from, uh, from Florida to Seattle, from coast to coast. We got a letter the other day from an inmate in a prison uh, on the West Coast. And he said this, I was watching the program, and all of a sudden I felt my life change. I could feel God touching me, and I knew my life had changed right there at that moment. He says, I am doing more for God in prison than I ever did outside of prison. He, he didn't even think about God. Now he's touching people, and lives are changing left and right. He's got a Bible study inside of the prison. And you say to yourself, how can a guy be in prison for so long? He, he, he went into a, a couple uh, references. He didn't get specific on why he was there. But how can a person who is in prison for so long, who clearly did something very bad, receive mercy and then receive grace to be used? How does that happen? Because you receive grace and mercy every single time you pray. That's what happens when you pray. Grace, mercy, every time. Number two. What's number two? Protection. There's a, a verse in the Bible that says this, Psalms 34, verse 7. It says that the angel of the Lord surrounds those who fear them 
and delivers them. An angel of the Lord. Many years ago, I was, I think I was 21, 22 years old. Uh, I was at a friend's house and, and he was, he was, I don't know, he was, he was wealthy. Um, he was far wealthier than me, which isn't saying much. My wife and I could vacuum our whole house without pulling the plug out of the wall. And so everybody was wealthy to us. But anyway, we were at his house and he was extremely down. He was emotional. And uh, I made the mistake of saying, are you okay?" And I say the mistake because I didn't know how to respond to what he said. He said, I've been working for Enron for 30 years. Now, Enron is one of the biggest or the biggest companies in our in our country that is, uh, how do I say, it's an energy producing company, is that, is that what they were? They were so big that they, um, they, it was where the Astros played, the Houston Astros played, played in the Enron Stadium. And I'm talking to my friend and he goes, Enron just shut down. They found out that all of their numbers were fabricated all of their numbers, all their stock numbers, all their income numbers, all their expense numbers, it was all fabricated. So this big, massive, international company shuts down. So he goes from making a lot of money, he's been there for 30 years, to no money. Worse than that, all of his retirement was tied up in the stocks of Enron. And so he has no retirement, He's got no income, this massive house, and a girl going into college. He's checkmate. But he was a friend of mine, and I knew he prayed. I lost touch with him. A few years ago, he came into our church, and I saw him, and I was like, oh, my goodness, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in forever. And I didn't want to ask, Right? I made the first mistake. I didn't know what to say then. I'm certainly not going to know what to say now. So I just said, how you doing? And he goes, you're not going to believe how I'm doing. He goes, I am doing better now financially than I was then. And my retirement is sealed like a Ziploc bag. How does that happen? This is what happens when you pray. He protects you. He puts a wall of fire around you. He leads you. It, when there's a fork in the road, he leads you. He leads you. He protects you. How many people in this room have been through a divorce, a major separation, or lose your job, and in the moment you thought it was all done? I'm not going to get through this. I'm not going to get through this. Now look at your girlfriend. You're doing better than now than you did then. For the husbands, now look at you, dude. <laughs> my girlfriend, I gotta tell you that. My girlfriend's on the front row. I love my wife so much. He protects you. This is what happens when you pray. Not when you think about praying. Not when you walk around saying, I know I should pray. You know what happens when you think about prayer, and, but you don't pray? Gots. That's what happens. That's Italian for nada, nothing, zilch. You're just like everybody else, scraping and clawing, hoping and wishing. 
getting bitter at the same time, angry at people who cannot change anything, but you got to blame someone. Nothing happens. But this is what happens when people pray. You are protected. You receive grace. You receive mercy. This is what happens when you pray. Now let me talk about, I got four points, but the third point is my favorite by far. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, it says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. I love that verse. The reason why I love that verse is not only is he knocking, but clearly he's shouting. Because he says, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice. Now, I got locked out of my house a couple nights ago. It's a long story. I don't have time to get into it. My whole family was in the house. I'm locked out. It's like 9, 9.15, something like that. I walk up to the door. I start knocking on the door. Nobody comes. Now I'm going to get Revelation chapter 2 on them. Open the door! I'm yelling louder than I'm knocking. Open the door! Banging on it. Does anyone come? No. Why? I don't know why. They're in there sipping tea, eating falafels. I don't know what they're doing in there. I walk around the back door, and guess what? They're all sitting around, ha, 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 having a marvelous time in there. I walk up to the back door. I'm looking, and I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Are you going to open the door? They're like, oh, oh, look who's here. They come and open the door. I'm like, really? What have I done to deserve this? And then I get to sit down. And now, five minutes later, I'm a part of it. I wanted to be in the house. Just so you know, every time he crosses your mind, that is how he knocks on the door. Every time he crosses your mind. You and I are this, we're made from dirt. We're, we're dirt covered by skin. We're dirt bags. We don't have the capacity to desire a God we've never seen. We don't have that capacity. And so God has to come to us. When you think about him, that is him coming to you. And after you think about him, if you shut it down, and he just crosses your mind and you go out throughout your day, you're not opening the door. He came to you. He knocked on the door. Now this is how you open the door. God, I love you too. I love you too. He came to your mind because he loves you. And you say back, I love you too. 
The moment you do that, the door is wide open. Now the conversation, now the relationship is engaged. You don't need to come to the church and hope, call up the worship team and ask everybody to be here at Tuesday at 3.30. No, 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 no. Right there, at that moment, you go, I love you too. The door is open. Come on. Once you say, I love you too, don't be surprised if other sentences don't come flowing out of your mouth. It's like, it's like, a, 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 like, like, like a, a string in your mouth. It, you pull it out a little bit and then it's just, I'm sure there's a better illustration than that, but it's what I got. After you open up the door several times, something fascinating happens. All of a sudden, after a period of time, when he crosses your mind, the closeness of knowing that he's there becomes more and more real. See, initially, you say, and I love you too. But he's still a distant being. But if you continue to not shut down the thought, you just say, I love you too. What ends up happening is that all of a sudden the relationship becomes more and more personal and you become, this is the catcher, you become aware of the presence of God around you. It's so amazing when this begins to happen. Because you, as an example, your relationship might unfold and grow in a different way. But just now I looked out the window and I looked at those trees and I'm like, those trees are reaching up towards you. You picked out the color of green of every single one of those trees. I feel wind and I'm like, how did you do that? Because even the smartest person in the world doesn't know how the wind is going to go. It could come west, it could come east, it could go south. It just, when some of you have hair and it just blows in the wind. <laughs> for me, I just, oh. for you, it's like, ooh. This is God. And you become more and more aware. At this stage of my life, whenever I am a little bit stressed, I'm half Italian, half Brazilian. So a little bit happens a lot. So I can close my eyes. And if I just give myself about 10 seconds, I can visualize them to the best of my ability. I can visualize and I know I'm in his presence. And so long as I keep that moment, everything's okay. Then when I open up my eyes, I feel like I'm 10 feet tall. And I've got muscles on my teeth and lightning in my veins. And it just took 10 seconds to visualize him and become aware of his presence. And what's exciting to me is God is the only person, the only being in the world that once you found him, you continue to look for him. You just want more and you want to get closer. You want more, and you want to get closer. Help me out. Encourage me. 
Last and final point. Supernatural power begins to move in your life. There are certain problems that you have. Now, I'm not preaching at you. I can easily say we have. But just, just give me some margin here. There are certain problems that you have that you're never going to get rid of. They're there forever. I'm not trying to do shock value. I'm, I'm making a point. Just wait on me. Sometimes I'm talking with somebody and they tell me a problem and I think to myself, you're going to have that for the rest of your life. I was talking to somebody on the phone and uh, it, it was like 8 o'clock and the conversation kept going and going. So I pulled off into like a Walmart because I know God's in Walmart. So I, I pulled off into a parking lot and he pulls off in a parking lot. We both pull off in a parking lot to talk to each other. And he's telling me how horrible his marriage is. And I said to him after about 15 minutes, and I've talked to him like 1,700 times about this. And I finally said, let me just name him John. John, this is what I want you to do. I want you to grab the lever on your seat in your car, and I want you to pull it backward and just lay down. Did you do it? He's like, yeah, I did. And I want you to tell yourself, this is my life. And is never going to change. And he's like, Pastor? <laughs> I said, just remember I'm saying that. This is my life, and it's never going to change. Obviously, he didn't like that at all. And the reason why he didn't like it, and the reason why you guys don't like hearing it, is there's something in your spirit that goes, No! That's not true! It's not, it's not true! And you're right, it's not true. So long... As you're praying. The Bible says this in Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, not by might nor by strength. Not by your intellect. Not by your charisma. Not by your strategy. Not by your money. Not by your know-how. Not by this, this. Some of you have a really high EQ. You can kind of feel the room. Not by your EQ. Nothing. 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 Nothing you have. Nothing you bring to the table is going to change it. It says, not by might nor by strength, but by my power, says the Lord. This is what happens when you pray. This is what happens when you pray. Sometimes somebody will want to pray, but they will feel like there's a lock on their jaw and they just can't get it open. So they think about, I should pray. I need to pray. I know he will help me if I pray but they can't get their mouth open. And you have to ask the question, why is that? Why is that? I'm going to tell you that all of hell has barbed wire wrapped around your lips. You just can't get it open. Have you ever been in a dream it's amazing how many people have been in this situation where you're laying in the bed and all of a sudden you wake up and you feel frozen and you feel like there's an evil spirit in your room and you can't move and you're scared. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you as high as you can, as high as you can. You're, you're, you're encouraging all of us as high as you can. Elbow straight. Come on. Wave it around. Now, everybody look around. It's about half the room. 
And you sit there, and for those of you that haven't raised your hand, you're like, thank God it was y'all and not me. <laughs> but when you're in that state, you know in your spirit and your mind, if I could just get Jesus out of my mouth, Jesus, and a bang! It's like, are you with me? Did that happen to you? Jesus! This is what happens when you pray. Those of you that can't get your mouth open, just get that name out. Get that name out. Those barbed wires will fall to the ground like puppy fuzz. I'm not even sure what puppy fuzz is, but you got my point. <laughs> this is what happens when you pray. If you receive that today, come on. Now, my clock tells me I went five seconds over. Some of you may say, why do you only give yourself 24 minutes and 30 seconds to preach? Because, number one, I know you'll fall asleep. That's number one. Number two, about four years ago, five years ago, I got so tired of feeling like I needed to bring a whipping, popping sermon. Then I realized I'm working too hard. I'm working too hard. I, I can preach for half the time. And then I can just back up and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Every single Sunday for four years, people get healed. Cancer. Death. Eight people got healed. I prayed for 12. Eight got healed. Not everybody we pray for gets healed. Prayed for 12. Eight got healed. Is that true? I prayed for six and ten and six got healed. Ten and six got healed. But we always play a video of somebody who was healed last week before we go for healing. Those of you that attend our church, you're like, you you play a healing video every Sunday, and we're about to play one right now. You <laughs> you do that every single Sunday. I know before I get here, you're gonna play a healing video of somebody that was healed last week. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I mean, come on. I asked the Lord one time. I got really scared. It was about a couple years ago. I was like, God, what happens if we're going to run out of healing videos? Everybody's going to be like, we ran out of healing videos. You know what that means. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord tell me, you'll never run out of healing videos if you keep praying for healing. You'll never run out. It's the anointing that's in this room not so much on me it's in the room that's why more people get healed with the prayer partners than with me why am I going to play a video Revelation 19 says this 19 verse 10 the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy when we talk about what he just did we're really talking about what he's about to do. And so if you need a healing in your body, and incidentally, let me say this. If you have your health and your immediate family has their health, you have a phenomenal life. You have a 
phenomenal life. All these bills and worries and job and blah, 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 blah. You have a phenomenal life. You mess around and put one person in the hospital, you'd give up everything just for that one person to be all better. So when life gets hard, if you're healthy, just say to yourself, I have a phenomenal life. Phenomenal. But there are people here that need to be healed. Healed of cancer, deaf ears, blind eyes. We've seen it all. Whatever it is, I want your faith to start rising while you're watching the video. I want you to watch the video and say to yourself, if it happened to him, if it happened to her, it can happen to me, and it can happen right now. Take a look at this. It was at the deer lease, and I was coming out of our uh, travel trailer, and it had rained that night before. But when I stepped out onto the platform uh, for steps, my feet just went out from underneath me, and I hit down the steps. Uh, I, I don't, it happened so quick, I didn't know what took place, to tell you the truth. Well, I was bruised, my leg was bruised, my reels was bruised, and my shoulder. And uh, the soreness out of my leg went away, my ribs healed up, but my shoulder continued to uh, give me pain. And this went on for like two months. Well, this particular service, uh, I start out with morning prayer typically. And uh, uh, as I came here, I knew in my spirit, rather, that I was going to be healed that day, that's this particular morning. And, uh, but I didn't know if Pastor Frankie was just gonna call it out and I was gonna be healed in my seat or if I was gonna be called down front. Well, Pastor Frankie spoke it out, says somebody has a shoulder issue. And so, uh, anyway, so I knew it was me. So I immediately went down and as I, actually, as I went down, he was calling other people to be, uh, be prayed for for other things. Uh, I felt a coolness. It wasn't a heat. It was a coolness that went over my shoulder. And uh, immediately, I felt the, the relief go. And Pastor Frankie came down there, and I told him it had, it had already been, the pain had already gone away. And uh, actually, that night was the first night that I slept the complete night with no pain, slept great. It was a, it's a, just an awesome experience. Why don't you all stand to your feet for me, please? Uh, I started laughing in the first service because I never know what video is going to play. Um, started laughing during the first service while I was sitting there because the gentleman on the screen needed healing in his right shoulder and I just started laughing. Not out loud, just like in my head. I was just like, I can't believe this. Let me tell you why. For the past, I don't know, eight weeks, 12 weeks, I've had this pain in my shoulder, but I've never injured it. It's just came and it hasn't left. I went to the doctor, he did all the x-rays and everything. He was like, you're fine. You just need to take a broomstick and wave it around and you'll be just fine. I'm like, I've been waving this broomstick around for four weeks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the same way I was. Like, 
it just hasn't gone away. And uh, I had this thought a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, I wonder if this is a word of knowledge. Like, because for me, when the Lord tells me who he wants me to pray for, it's like this intersecting thought. Like I'm talking to you and then all of a sudden I have this, this impression. It's like I wasn't thinking about that. And then it just crosses my mind. But there's a lot of our prayer partners, they actually feel the pain in their body of the person that they're going to pray for. They can feel it, which is really cool. But everybody's different. And I'm like, there's no way this is a word of knowledge because this is not how I get them. There's no way. And so I just, weeks have gone on. I get a, this morning I get a text message from my son who's 14. And now keep in mind, he's 14. So the only thing he thinks about is basketball and games. He texts me and he goes, do you think that shoulder pain might be a word of knowledge? Now, he's never said anything like that. Ever. I had to look at the top of the text message to make sure it said Luke. And I was like, okay. I said, I'll find out. Because the way you find out is if nobody raises their hand, then... I was talking to myself and we imagined the whole thing, which sometimes happens. Then I got to look at everybody and say, sorry. Well, then I'm sitting on the front row and the guy talking on the screen starts talking about he got healed with a right shoulder. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I was like, there's a 100% chance. Amen. She believes. She believes in every word I'm saying. So in the first service, I said, is anyone experiencing that in your right shoulder right here in the front? Ten people came down, six got healed. Now, typically, when I get to the second service, I wipe the first service away and, and start over with God because we're talking about a new group of people. But with so many confirmations I just have to wonder if that word was for the entire church or just the first service. If it's for people in this service, I'm expecting you to get healed as well because it's just in the air. Now, if nobody says, I don't have that pain, Frankie, then I made a mistake and I should have just wiped it like I usually do and started over. Um, but if I am right, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like for you to come out of your seat. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you on the stage. When the service is over, I'm going to take my, the Britney Spears mic off, and, and I'm going to pray for you, and you go home. So I'm not going to embarrass you. You're not going to, no one's going to get embarrassed. But um, there's one right here. Is there anyone else? Two, three. Right shoulder, right? Right shoulder? Is it your right shoulder? Right shoulder? It's your left. I want right shoulder. I'll pray for these two guys. No, no, no. Stay. I'll stay. <laughs> but I want to be very specific on, on the assignment that I have. Right shoulder. Okay. Two. Hey, you did a good job this morning. Two, four, six, eight, 
10, 12. Now, all of you take uh, a two steps back if you can. Take two steps back. I want you to step forward all the way to the stage only if you feel the pain right now. Like for me, it'd come and it'd go, okay? But if you can feel it right now, then come forward. Some of you only feel it when you sleep because you're laying on it. You only feel it when you're driving or whatever, and that's, I get it, I get it. I understand shoulder pain. But you feel pain right now. One, two, three, four, five. All right, come forward. I keep trying to stretch my faith. Every time God does one thing, I'm like, I wonder if he can do this too. I know it sounds stupid, but you've been there, right? <laughs> no? All right, just me. I want to know if the Lord will heal you guys without me laying hands on you. Just want to know. So there's only one way to find out. Two four, five people feel the pain right now. Let's put your hands out. And those of you guys, just put your hands out too. Because you guys, you don't feel pain now, but I'm, I'm, let's see what God's going to do. For you five people that are feeling pain right now, I feel like there's someone over here that has a right shoulder pain, but you don't want to come down. And I feel like there's somebody else over there in that section that you just went, whew. Is there someone else over there? Do you feel the pain right now? All right, step all the way forward. So there's six people that are feeling the pain right now. Hold your hand out like you're gonna receive your healing. Lift your chin. Try to visualize his face the best you can because he's the one that's going to heal you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to the pain in every shoulder in this room. Leave now. Tendonitis, go away. Muscles, relax. Bones, stop. In the name of Jesus, all the pain, go away now. And Satan, if you have anything to do with this, leave him alone. In Jesus' name now. Now what I'd like for you guys to do is I want you to try to make it hurt for about 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Try to make it hurt. Move it around. Look at me while you're down here. I want you to try to make it hurt. Like in the past, if I did this, it would hurt. Some of you guys, it feels like this. Try to make it hurt. Try to make it hurt. Keep going. Jesus looked at the lame man and said, pick up your bed and walk. You got to do something. All right, let's see what, or if God's done anything. Is there any one of you 
that you felt pain when you came down here, but now you don't. Less pain. That you don't feel any pain at all. You looking for it? Any pain at all. You don't feel any pain at all. I feel like the Lord's touching you. Look at me. Do you feel any pain at all? So how many of you, you felt pain, but it's so much lower than it was before? Some of you might be the same. Just be honest. It's so much lower. Look at me. Is it you? You? Is it lower? Significantly lower. Significantly? Same? Significantly? Same? All right, Jesus had to pray for the blind man twice because he couldn't see all the way after he prayed for him the first time. So if Jesus needed to pray twice, I need to pray like 92. But I'm only going to pray one more time. In the name of Jesus, healing virtue, I know that you're in this room. Those of you that are on the second row, if you feel warmth or coolness or tingling, I want you to tell me when I get done praying, okay? In the name of Jesus, your healing virtue is in this room, Jesus, and we thank you. Now, right now, 100% healing. Not 90, not 95, not 85. 100% now, in Jesus' name. Now start moving it around just like you did a minute ago. Try to make it hurt. feel any pain 100% done everybody stay honest 100% I haven't laid hands on anybody yet do you feel any pain 100% gone what's that so much better can you feel any pain Can you feel any pain at all? Keep moving it. Tell me. Keep moving it. No pain. Sore. No pain. Praise Jesus. What? I want our prayer partners to come down. I'm going to pray for the other people. So far, one two, 100% healed. I haven't laid hands on anyone yet. One, two. She can barely feel it. Barely feel it. Come down. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% sure you know where you'd spend eternity? If the answer is no, you got to fix that. Let me say this. You guys saw how passionate I was when I was praying for healing. Not very much. I was more passionate when I was preaching. All you have to do is pray like Jesus prayed. I don't imagine him yelling. I imagine him saying, be healed. I counted it one time. He prayed less than five words. I counted my own. I'm up at like 15, but I need to get it down. If you need someone to pray with, all the prayer partners come down. If you would, all the prayer partners. I'm 
this side and on this side. I've got more on this side than I do on that side. Can you guys come on over here? Dr. Ray, if you would, scoot down a little bit. Just, yeah, just a couple of you. All right, that's good. You stay with that. Come on. No official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his face be lifted up on you and bring you peace.